Well, hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about disagreements. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am an inpatient mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So disagreements, we've all experienced disagreements. Uh, some have resolved themselves and uh, resulted in positive results. Others uh, have caused the destruction of relationships. So it, it's a, it's very important Uh, to know how to have a disagreement, not avoid a disagreement, because that actually isn't realistic. So we know that just blowing up isn't a great way to handle things. My first point is calm down before you do or say anything. And this is one of those pieces of advice that could be really irritating to some of you, since nobody in the history of the world has ever calmed down as a result of being told to calm down. Quite the opposite, actually, but regardless, it's probably the most vital piece of advice I can give you for how to prevent a disagreement turning into an argument. The thing is that when we have an emotional reaction, that feeling or set of feelings generally lasts for about a minute, a minute and a half before they slowly begin to settle. And at the same time, for the first five to 10 seconds of feeling emotionally triggered, which could mean anger or fear or hurt, you'll often find that your instinctive biological responses take over, and that means you end up running on pure adrenaline. When that happens, your logical brain has taken a backseat to your emotional brain, and you're running on pure instinct. It's why you might find yourself suddenly flying off the handle at someone and If that happens, it can then be even harder to find your way back to a calmer state of mind. So instead of just reacting to the emotions instead, choose to calm yourself gently before you respond. That may mean you need to ask for a minute or two, or you may even need to remove yourself from the situation. And I suggest just gently breathing your way through it until you feel calmer, preferably with your eyes closed if it's safe to do so. If you're driving on the freeway, then it's maybe not the best idea. Here's why this matters so much. Anything said or done in the heat of anger or at the height of a fear response will very likely come back and bite you in the backside later. Because when we operate on pure instinct, we aren't thinking things through rationally. Emotions are important because they tell us how we really feel about something and what we need 
but they should be balanced with rational thought in order to make smarter choices. So we know, obviously, to listen and think before you speak. That's a given. So, again, I want to stress, in every relationship, personal or professional, there will always be some disagreement. You'll never find an environment where people always agree and that understand each other. That's fantasy, not reality. So here are some simple but effective ways I've learned over the years for dealing productively with disagreement. The first thing is to seek to understand. Now, I'm not saying all of this is easy to do, because most of the time what we're doing is, rather than listening and trying to understand, we are thinking about what we are going to be saying. So, seek to understand. People tend to disagree when they don't understand each other. When one party is so busy wanting to be heard and doesn't spend any time trying to understand, a disagreement is right around the corner. When you come to an understanding that most of us are more alike than we are different, you can begin to tolerate and accommodate, even appreciate, a different point of view. So first, seek to understand and appreciate. That doesn't mean you have to agree, just that you're open to hearing them out. Another thing is, look beyond your own triggers. Many disagreements stem from someone being triggered by something that's been said. What's triggered is usually fear and awareness of one's limitations. Whatever may have happened in, in your past, you have to find a way to get past your triggers and see that you're in a new situation with a person who doesn't mean you harm. Then look for similarities, not differences. From working with clients, I found that the best way to begin resolving a disagreement is to look for common ground. When you concentrate on differences, the space grows wider. But when you seek out what you have in common, it helps bridge the gap. The next time you find yourself in a disagreement, look for a point of agreement, even if you have to stretch. The next thing is be a good listener. In any disagreement, it's important for both parties to be heard. And that means it's important to be a good listener, curious, open-minded, and non-judgmental. 
A good listener gives their full attention, asks for clarification when necessary, and can listen to different opinions without becoming defensive or argumentative. The best way to listen is to be silent. That's when you can learn. Also, take responsibility for your own feelings, especially in heated disagreements. It's easy to to start making accusations, laying blame, and making excuses. To work through it, you have to be honest with yourself and take full responsibility for your own feelings and for your interpretations that may have contributed to the breakdown. You also want to make a commitment. In times of intense disagreement, it's not uncommon for one or both parties to have one foot out the door. If you want to truly get to the heart of the matter, make sure the other person understands your commitment to the relationship. Even if you have an issue with the behavior, you have to keep that separate. And very important is to use positive language. No one wants to be called names or to be called out in a negative way or to hear all the bad things they have done in the past. If you are speak in negatives, you will hurt the person and shut them down. So if you're going to speak in negatives, you'll hurt the person and shut them down. If you can bring positivity to that, you are going to just have far more likely that you'll be hurt. So if you can bring positivity to what you are trying to say, it's far more likely that you'll be heard and that the disagreement can be resolved more quickly and easily. Disagreements are a way of life, but they don't have to cause havoc. Try some of the techniques that I'm mentioning and work it out faster better and quicker. What I also said in the beginning of this podcast episode is to listen and think before you speak. And again, this would be fairly tough to do if you just react to your emotions because then it becomes about trying to win. Healthy disagreements aren't about finding a winner, but instead finding a solution. Slow down, listen to what the person is saying and what they're not saying. Ask questions and seek to understand. Here's the thing, you don't have to agree with someone to understand where they're coming from. I have an older relative who leans quite conservative in their political beliefs. And rather than getting into fights 
with her about things. I try to be considerate of the different values her generation held dear. You have to remember that the way people in their 70s and 80s grew up is very different to people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s. We are all a product of the world we grew up in and what was socially acceptable at the time. And so I find it easier to approach these types of disagreements because I do disagree with a lot of what she says with an open mind and an open heart. When you see the person behind the disagreement, it allows you to be a lot less argumentative. And the same goes for the assumptions we make about one another. Make less assumptions and ask more questions. You also want to focus on solutions because just focusing on the problem keeps you focused on the problem. Whereas when you turn your attention to solutions, the conversation then becomes about how to progress from here. Remember that the goal is not to win, but to agree on how to move forward. And so that may mean needing to be flexible and willing to make compromises because some battles just cannot be won. Look for common ground by trying to find areas that you both agree on, and then you can build on things from there. So you also want to think seriously before you get into an ideological war with someone, because I'm telling you now that no amount of disagreeing or arguing is going to make someone suddenly drop everything they believe in and come over to the other side. It's a sad fact of reality that I even need to bring up the ideas of sides because there's an entire industry that has been built up over the past decade based on driving us further and further apart. And unfortunately, the beliefs and values of a lot of people have been turned into weapons of both destruction and distraction while we're busy fighting with one another about mundane crap on social media. Those in power are making more money and more money from destruction and exploitation. I know, I know. Here I go again, being all philosophical and adding in social commentary, but nonetheless. So remember to communicate openly and honestly. Focus on the issue, not the person. And stay present in the conversation, which means not getting sidetracked or bringing up past issues. Stay focused on the current topic and try to stay in the present moment as much as possible rather than bringing past problems into the argument as well so that you're not adding more fuel to the fire. And then you want to avoid absolute statements. And that simply means not saying things like, why do you always do X or why do you never do Y? Because they're fairly judgmental statements and all they do is piss people off. To be fair, nobody is one single thing and one thing only a hundred percent of the time. I mean, we all need eight hours or so a day of, to sleep, so it's not physically possible to be doing something 24-7. But beyond 
the kind of logical reason for not making these kinds of sweeping generalizations, it also isn't really fair and it tends to make someone get their back up and become defensive. And once that happens, you're heading so far away from solution town that you won't even be able to see it in the rear vision mirror anymore. Speaking of that, uh, avoid the blame game because pointing fingers doesn't do anything other than prolong the focus on the argument rather than turning attention to solutions. So also apologize if necessary. If you realize that you've made a mistake or that you've contributed to the disagreement, apologize and take responsibility for your actions. Someone once said at work that the sign of a great leader, and I would also argue a great human, isn't about always being right, but about being humble enough to admit when you're wrong. We're never going to agree all of the time, and that's okay. The trick is to be able to have healthy disagreements where everyone involved is able to clearly state their position and be heard in a respectful way. When we choose to approach disagreements in a healthy way, instead of turning them into an all-out verbal brawl, we're then able to work through our differences in a respectful and constructive way, which can actually help to strengthen the relationship over time. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.